Welcome to Move Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Clapson. The aim of this podcast is to explore, learn, and spread the message of rewilding and natural movement so that we as humans can live in more alignment with our nature and reclaim what it means to be fully alive. The modern world has stripped away so much that used to nourish our mind, body, and soul. This podcast will help illuminate how we can reclaim and restore our innate, wild, capable, and strong spirit. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Welcome back to another Friday episode of Move Wild Podcast. Jake and Molly here. So today we're going to share our key takeaways from throughout the week and our thoughts as per normal. How are you doing today, Molly? Pretty sweet. Yeah, Pretty it's a nice sweet. day here and yeah. enjoying out in the sun. Yeah, it's beautiful. Eh? We went to the beach this morning, did some movement, and we're ready to jump into this episode. So I wanted to start with some of my key takeaways from the episode that I recorded with Wania that came out on Tuesday. And if any of you haven't listened to that, maybe go back and listen to that to get a bit more context on this conversation. But something that I really liked that she touched on was the idea of developing a skill set so that we can feel at home in nature and that as a means to form better connection and a better relationship with nature the i guess the way i view that is is you know so many of us feel comfortable in our own homes and feel comfortable in an urban setting and because we have that relationship with our house for example we treat our house very well we know where the food is, we know where the water is, we know where we sleep, we know where the people are or the technology that we need is to connect with people. We know where all those things are and we feel very comfortable in navigating that space. But so few people feel comfortable with navigating the natural world. It's a very foreign place to them. And often that sense of separation they have in connecting through, you know, through just being able to navigate the natural world, that that shapes the way that they behave and they don't necessarily treat the natural world like their home because they don't feel at home in it and they don't have a relationship and then they don't see the impact that their actions can have on the environments that they do to a certain extent rely on so the more that we can bring back in skills that help us to connect with the natural world and and that's why i think natural movement is such a big big piece of this is because if you don't know how to move comfortably through the environment through nature then you're you don't feel at home there right so if i don't know how to navigate different terrains and move my body through different terrains then i'm not going to feel comfortable just like i wouldn't feel comfortable in my home if i wasn't able to walk around my home comfortably or walk up and down the stairs without pain or get into my bed without pain or whatever it is, I'm not going to feel comfortable at home unless I have the movement skills required to navigate that environment. It's the same in nature. I'm not going to feel comfortable and at home out in the natural world unless I have the movement skills required. And that plays on into so many other levels, like how comfortable we feel with getting food out in nature. You know, a lot of people just equate food to being something that's found at home, in the fridge, at the shops. And when we start to see that food is actually all around us, you know, myself and Molly are learning to spearfish and starting to see that the ocean, the more that we learn, I guess, we will start to expand our worldview to, to encompass what, or to 
integrate into our mindset the fact that there is food in the ocean as an example and as we learn to hunt as well we start to see that there's animals that can be our food out in the wild out in the landscape rather than just equating the fridge or the shops to food we see that food is all around us and you know water is the same being able to source water but there's so many elements that i think we can develop in terms of a skill set that helps us to feel capable and strong and also comfortable in nature so that we don't feel threatened we don't feel like this is a foreign environment we don't feel like we have to leave immediately we we can we can spend time there we can play there we can rest there and we can comfortably live there and when we develop that sense of homeness we develop a, a really strong relationship and connection to nature and we treat it as our home and we keep it clean and we respect it Your, yeah yeah i totally agree with that i think skills there in understanding how to move through and connect with the environment is really important as well as just spending enough time in the environment as well mm. like you just learn so much about how it moves and the natural rhythms and cycles of the earth just by spending time in it as much as you can like i definitely think skills are super important and a major part of that comfort and that connection it's yeah spending time and actually Absolutely. being there and it's like a it's almost like fostering a human relationship it's like if you don't spend physical time with someone that you want to connect with then you're not going to have a very healthy relationship and 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 yeah as you say i guess the more time that we spend out in nature and that that could be as simple as you know going and sitting out in nature for five minutes a day but just consistently spending time and in that's where we become more comfortable and accustomed and acclimatized to that environment totally and that ties in so nicely with that other point that um Linnea mentioned about how we like both like humans crave nature connection and nature connection like the nature cra- like craves our yeah our contact yeah for sure yeah she spoke about how nature longs for human connection and i think that's such a beautiful beautiful way of looking at it and that's a that's a viewpoint that i very much share and resonate with that she shared is the idea that when humans separate themselves from the natural world not only do humans become sick and diseased the uh the natural world also lacks something that humans brought to it and it craves for us to be to live in harmony and at peace with those rhythms and the natural cycles because it's you know humans evolved alongside and in and as a part of nature and when you remove an organism that is so plays such a big role in the ecosystem then the ecosystem kind of falls apart and kind of goes into disarray so not only you know as, as i said not only does it affect human health when we separate ourselves from nature but also it affects the natural world because it, all of a sudden nature or the ecosystem that we were once inhabiting is now missing a massive you know a big player in that in that role it's like imagine if you took away any other big predator or like you know bears or wolves or you, you see this in many landscapes where the species have been removed by humans that ecosystem suffers because that species has been removed and it's, it's no different with humans and i definitely i think that when we see a reintegration of of ancestrally aligned life ways back in you know back into earth-based culture and the recreation or creation of earth-based culture or the fostering of that culture we see a return to health of the ecosystem as well as a return to health of humans 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's definitely such a big symbiotic relationship between humans and their environment and nature because we are we're, we are it anyway. Yeah. But I think it's so often seen, especially by modern humans, that we we sort of we think that we're having a negative impact on the earth. Mm. And I mean, we are with the way that we're living now, but we don't have to be. Yeah, exactly. And there's that there's a blindness that humans, you know, that yeah, people equate that humans are innately bad for the earth, and there's a blindness to the fact that humans actually live in harmony with nature for hundreds of thousands of years before we switched to this perhaps more destruct destructive life way of you know civilization and agriculture and that's not and that's not to say that those things don't have their benefits and that's not to say that those things were done with you know bad with intentions. the with bad intentions yeah. it's just to say that perhaps in hindsight those are not the best ways to live according to nature and it's not the best ways for us to coexist with nature. Totally, yeah. And in saying that, the, all of those, yeah, all of these things we have created were designed to like benefit us and to make things easier and life to flow better and whatever mm. it was. Like they all were good intentions. And I think it's hard for us to let go of these good intentioned ideas that actually didn't have the best. Yeah, impact. especially when we attach our identity to them, and especially when we attach our worth to so many. Um, so many things that aren't really necessary, but are luxuries that come at a cost that we don't see. Yeah. I think so many people, you know, they they like they like their things, but they don't see the impact that those things have on them because they they there's walls between our actions and the impact that that has. Whereas, in a in a more natural life way, your actions have an almost direct impact. It's like if you if you behave or act in a certain way, it affects the thing that you're behaving or acting towards directly whereas more often than not when we invest in the use of technology that perhaps doesn't serve us or isn't necessary in the modern world we don't see that that damages the environment on a massive scale on the other side of the planet we can be blind to that and we can willfully ignore that if we choose to as well and only see the benefits that that technology provides us but we have to understand that for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction there's a cost benefit to everything and the more, I guess, sustainability, the definition of that would be that our actions have a wholly net positive effect and benefit all the all parties involved, or at least have a whole, you know, net, net positive effect, even if there are some negatives, that's sustainability. And, and you know, the lack of sustainability or, or, or path of destruction is that where the action has a net negative effect. And I think, I think there, that there, you know, it's very nuanced and there's many things in the modern world where there are net positives for sure through our actions that, you know, things that we do that we didn't necessarily do ancestrally because it wasn't possible, but there are many also net negative behaviours and actions taken. Totally, yeah. And I think it's all about, like, balancing between the modern and yeah. ancestral world. I think that a lot of people go, oh, you know, like all or nothing, but we can, we can realise and make choices about what is causing us harm and to take that away and what is really benefiting us and allowing us to connect further and deeper and enriching our quality of life. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it is, it's a nuanced discussion because we live in the world that we live in now and we have to be, as humans, we are, in my eyes, one of the most, if not the most adaptable animals on the planet. And it is, you know, we are great at solving problems and we have to take into account all that has happened 
and where we are today and take the best of both worlds and just be informed by many inputs and use that adaptability, that innate adaptability that we have and that creativity that we have to solve the problems that we have. And that, you know, it's a nuanced thing because it's not, there's no one answer, it's several answers and there's, you know, there's, there's things that are better and there's things that are not so good and, and just trying to find those things and separate out those things in this very complex world is, that's the task, I guess that's the work and that's what we're, we're doing as well. Yeah, and it's a hard task as well because, you know, most of us have spent a lot of our lives putting energy and time and money and resources into these things that may not necessarily be good for our health or for our future and it's hard to let go of those yeah, like, um, habits or activities or yeah, products that we've got. For sure, it's like um, the, the, the bias of, of commitment and consistency when we commit to something or when we invest in something we want to stay with it even if it's detrimental to our health and you see that mm-hmm. in so many cases like that's that's part of the human psyche and that served us at some point in our evolutionary history otherwise it wouldn't be there but so many people perpetuate that or are blind to that bias of when we when we start down a road it's hard, the more momentum we gather even if it's in the wrong direction it's harder for us to stop and it's harder for us to detach ourselves from that situation and say oh maybe this isn't the best way you know you know like i guess agriculture and, and civilization in in many ways to a certain extent in some regards uh, it's is like that a lot of people find it hard to detach themselves from the life way that they live now and think oh maybe maybe what i'm doing has a massive impact on the lives of other non-human creatures and organisms around the world and maybe i don't want to have that kind of impact and or even other humans like you know we live in a you know first world developed country where we have many luxuries that most other humans on this planet don't have and we don't necessarily see the impact that our actions have on those humans but anyway being able to have that detached view is is hard when we're in it, when we're like, oh, I like having my nice car and I like having all my things that keep me comfortable and and my ways of connecting to people through technology and, and all these different luxuries that we have that, that come at a cost. Yeah, and it's that and it's also just the society we're around, you know, yeah. to pull ourselves away from that and then we're, you know, we're not super educated on what's the, what's the alternative, what can I do instead of this, mm. like what do, like, how do, I, how do I live, how do I move? Yeah. How do I connect without, you know, phones and tech and the sure. supermarket and where do I, where do I source these things? Yeah, um, and we, we, we're great at normalizing things as well. We normalize the world that we're in and we, we think that, you know, this is normal and then if we move away from it, it's abnormal. And, and also to that point, we're extremely, you know, socially wired creatures. So you almost have to be very forthright and, and decisive and committed to that way of life and, and acknowledge that you might not have a, a group of people that will join you in that until you are definite in your values and you're definite in finding those people because it's it's hard to step away from a, a culture and a society that you know and that you're very familiar with even if you don't agree with it and step into the unknown in many regards as to like, I don't know if there's people out there who also believe this. And you know I think that's, that's probably been very much my journey, probably yours as well, probably many people listening is having to step away from what's normal and what's you know what's considered conventional and trust that there's other people out there that possibly view the same the world the same way that we do or at least similarly and that we can connect with them because we need tribe we need social we need people who are like-minded and if if you're too scared to 
step out and find those people that are like-minded, you might stay in that culture because that's a very human thing to do, I guess. And it's it's not wrong, it's just understanding that. Yeah, and I find that even just stepping out of that like created a lot deeper connection to the people that I do have in my life. Mm. Like, yeah, there are a lot, there are less people that I know who live this lifestyle or are in the same mindset as this, but those people, those connections are so much deeper and richer than being connected to thousands of people who I actually disagree with, but like their value and action. Yeah, absolutely. And it's when, when you, when you have to hide who you truly are, you can never have a rich, relationship or a rich way of connecting to someone because you yeah your values are just different and there's there's nothing wrong with different people having different values but it's very hard to connect if those values are so disparate that you can't find some sort of common ground and yeah i think that's a, that's a massive piece is the so- social element of, of finding finding a tribe finding a community of people who you can align with in many regards yeah totally and i think people I think because these, like in the modern day, we have such like vast connection. You know, through yeah. the use of technology, we're used to being connected to hundreds of thousands of people whenever we want, instantly, etc. That when maybe we only have a small tribe of ten people or whatever, we get, you know, this feeling there's not enough. But when when you're finding and connecting with people on that deeper level, where you really you find people with the same values and morals and worldviews, it's like ten people is that's a tribe. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what we're used to. It's humans like, uh, you know, the the human brain can only cope with or, or has the capacity to truly connect deeply with a certain number of relationships, and outside of that, it becomes very hard for us to form deep connections. and And different people argue different numbers, but you know, you look at hunter gatherer groups, and it's between you know thirty and sixty members generally, or you know, inter-tribally, maybe 150 connections that we would have had at most on a, from a biologically, you know, appropriate species-specific level, looking at what human connections were like. It's like, you know, keeping track of 150 relationships and only, you know, only 30 or, or 50 of them are really deep connected and even a smaller number of that is, is, is super deep and almost, you know, familial in that, in that sense of the word. And yeah as, as you say we have all these kind of we have thousands of connections and we feel really good about that and that feeds our ego but when you actually look at all those connections are they deep are they meaningful deep you know have you spent have you experienced life with those people the answer for most people is not and that's you know that's a problem like if you if you don't have uh, you know it, i would much prefer to have a group of 10 people that i've experienced life with and i you know i've gone through experiences with and i have a deep connection with than have you know, a thousand friends or two thousand friends or two thousand followers or what you know, on to some social media platform. Yeah, dense dense and deep relationships it's, it's nourishing. It's yeah. like I don't know, it almost correlates the same to food, having plentiful food, but if it's all like not dense and yeah. isn't giving you the right right nutrients or whatever you need from it, then it's not gonna serve you. If you have deep like dense food and it's you know, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. And you have to you don't have to eat as much, you know. Like yeah. if your if your food is nutrient dense and calorie rich, and there's you know there's there's a lot in it, you you end up not having to eat as much, and you end up more satiated from what you do eat. And it's the same with the relationships. If you if your relationships are you know quote unquote nutrient dense, and you get all these this nourishment from them, then 
you don't have to have as the many. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, and and yeah, the same with food. I guess many people in the modern world, or many people that I see, have a have a you know calorie rich but nutrient poor diet, and they have to keep eating in order to to get the adequate nutrients from all these foods that we're not designed to eat. And it's, yeah, it's the same with the relationships. It's the same with so many aspects of our life. It's almost the opposite of what of what we're designed for. Totally, and even with with relationships, having all of those relationships, having yeah, like such a vast, like vast amount, like they're not all benefiting you. And yeah, it's like it's almost the same with food. Like you could like it could be so much more beneficial to you and to to the other person as well. Having just a few people that really enrich your quality of life rather yeah. than waste time and distracting you. Yeah, and you can go deep with those with those relationships and you can you know you can put in the time and energy required to really build them through having shared experience and i think that's you know that's one of the biggest things of developing human relationship is shared experience and shared purpose when you think back you know evolutionarily why social structures came about i think we talked about this a bit on the last episode is that they came about because we as humans are terrible at surviving on our own and we need to form a social structure in order to survive so having a shared purpose and sharing experiences with other humans like that is the that is the the best way to bond that is the best way to relate that is the best way to to create connection and that is done in person you know that's done through experience and through you know challenges in 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 many ways and 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 overcoming things together yeah completely and it ties this whole connection piece ties really nicely into another point that Vinita talked about about getting the things in life that you really that your body needs, you know, connection and sunlight mm-hmm. and movement, etc. And how when we don't get these things we end up consuming things that aren't. Yeah. That, you know, we, we like feel the need to fill this hole in us with food or with technology or mm. with, you know, quick connections with random people or friends per se on social media but what we really truly crave is connection or movement or good quality with water or whatever it is. Yeah, I find that a lot in myself is when I, I'm feeling disconnected or I'm feeling not nourished in some form or another, I'll, I'll often, you know, go to technology to like try and solve that problem and it never does. It yeah. just deepens the feeling of, of lacking. There's something missing. Yeah, there's something, especially, especially with social connection. I think that's the biggest one because so many people equate their phone or their their piece of technology to their tribe or their community or their their sense of social connection or their sense of identity within a tribe and they'll go you know to their instagram or their facebook and see if they got any likes or any comments or if they can post something that will get likes and comments or, or have some sort of reciprocity because we need that like we need people to acknowledge us and respect us and love us and and see us as a part of something bigger than ourselves and and so often when we're feeling like we don't get that nourishment of of human connection will you know, look to technology or, or food or or whatever it is and it could just be that you know we need to spend time with have a conversation or we need to sleep or we need to get sunlight or we need to move or we need to jump in the ocean or we need to you know eat some real food or whatever it is and it, yeah so often we try and fill that fill that hole almost of, of lack of nourishment with with something that's never going to fill us 
yeah totally it's like choosing like nourishment or distraction from just nourishment right yeah. like yeah. i'll go and have these or do these things on my phone or which is food, whatever it is but that's just distracting me from inevitably i need the nourishment i'm eventually gonna go get out and go oh, this is what i need yeah. you know and maybe i won't like relate that mm. getting outside to, to feeling full or feeling whole or connecting with someone and feeling full like fulfilled again but eventually i'm gonna have to get there and yeah, and it's, it's so it's so. I think it's one of the biggest challenges that people has have is, or that I've had in the past, is understanding and identifying what it is that I need, because in that state where I feel like I need something, it's so hard for me to think to myself, do I need sunshine? Do I just need movement? Like, and I think it it is really good to come back to guidelines or like understanding where we come from as humans and what our needs are from a biological level to inform that because before you know before i was informed by the the whole idea of what is biologically appropriate for humans or what we as humans need i would you know reach for technology or not understand that need and not identify it and just think oh it must be that i need sugar it must be that i need to check instagram or whatever but when i come back and, and see okay what are those underlying needs that my instinct and my body is telling me what what's biologically appropriate for me that's when it's easier for me to identify, oh, I just need to go for a walk. Like that's that's all I needed, or I needed to sleep, like I was tired, or I needed to have a conversation, or I needed to be acknowledged, or I needed to eat some food or whatever it is. Yeah, and I feel like the more regularly we do those activities or remind ourselves of what we really need on that yeah, like that core level, the more the more easily we can see it in those moments of you know, when we're, when we're lacking and we feel like we need to grab something or get something or consume or whatever it is, the more regularly we're putting ourselves, you know, out in connection or in nature or sunlight or whatever it is, the more we go, oh, actually, I can just, I can go to that because I know that's really what I need. Mm. It's quite easy to forget in the moment when you're trying to reach for all these things, like, what is it, what is it, what is it, what do I need? Yeah. It's quite easy to forget that, go for a walk. Yeah. Find someone to talk to, yeah. you know, it's, totally. it's simple. But we get caught up in the head. Yeah, right? it's, it's always simple. Eh? It's always we're when you come back to simplicity and you understand what is natural and what is unnatural, it's it's very easy to distinguish what is a need and what isn't a need, and what we need in that moment. And I think I think that's a good good point to end on. Maybe is is yeah the the whole idea of, of identifying you know what is natural, what is what does my body need what does my soul my my mind need coming at it from that kind of evolutionary what you know what's biologically appropriate what what do i as a human animal what do i need and what is natural for me and going back to that yeah how can i nourish myself yeah exactly good question to ask yeah it's a good one yeah good one to ask um so if you got any value from this episode then please feel free to share it leave us a rating and review it really helps with getting the show out to more people thanks for listening in and we will catch you on the next episode of new world podcast